0: welcome back to isolating with my therapist mum. i'm lexi and i'm anna the therapist and the mum. and we're on week Week eight eight. of isolation which is absolutely wild to me and you've been here seven weeks seven weeks we've only had one big fight and apart from that i feel like we've done really well and that was very constructive actually we learned a lot that's true we did we did talk So today, Mm -hmm. um, staring awkwardly from the abyss, is my father, (laughs) Join as another special guest because there's no one else living with us. (laughs) Welcome, Dad.
1: Yeah, last time I felt like the guinea pig, this time I know what I'm in for, (laughs) which just makes me me stupid.
0: (laughs) So um, today we picked the topic of faith. And especially um, from my perspective, I grew up um, with, at one point, you guys were missionaries or or relief workers that worked with Christian-based organizations. (laughs) So I definitely grew up um, with a strong Christian um, religious upbringing and going to church and prayers and um, different kind of values coming from that. And I think it's been really interesting for me to see um, you guys as my parents' faith evolve over the years and quite dramatically change in some ways. Um, And even how I talk to you now about different aspects of faith and choices and um, how that's come into
2: your life quite visibly. So I just wanted to dive into it. Doug and I did yoga this morning. It's like, if... The younger Anna had known that the older Anna would be doing yoga, which is like you open yourself up to whatever evil forces there are. You know, I'd have almost been excommunicated or excommunicated myself. Whereas now it's like, wow, well, it's an integral part of our routine and wow. practice. So that Even was dark. one
0: of the one of the <laughs> yeah beliefs
2: just, growing up. Yeah, about it's yoga. Kind of like, you look inside. <sighs> scary. What might you find? Doug's what about looking you,
0: Dad? At how, <laughs> how has your faith evolved? Or how, do, how do you describe your faith? Well, he had, you had
2: a very different background to me, and I've talked a bit about mine, which was the Good Girl Church, and I think at one time, Church of Different Forms at four times a day, which I must say was all very great fun with the context of my family. But, Doug, yours was not like that.
1: No, my, my faith was much more of the... Um, maybe this stereotypical sort of big change in one's life. So uh, I was 16, 17, had been the sort of angry young man, got into lots of trouble. and Jack? And uh, had, and got to a point where I was asking all the questions of meaning, you know, meaning of life. What is this all about? What are we doing? Um, and... Connected up to a Christian Anglican youth group. Uh, Do you want to say
2: why you connected up with the Anglican youth group, Doug? Girls. Girls. There we yes. go, as long as you're honest.
1: Um, <laughs> lots of very nice girls. Um, and, uh, and so basically was doing the sort of the coffee... Uh, evenings uh, and the sort of going along. But in the process of of, the sort of courting the girls, um, <laughs> I was also exploring with some of the leaders the sort of big questions of life and Christianity. And for me, it, it just came down to the whole resurrection. So to me, it was like, okay, so does the resurrect, did the resurrection really happen? Did Jesus actually die and was raised from the dead? because that seemed to me like the nub of, nub of it. And if, if basically he did, uh, and I could convince myself that that was actually a reasonable position to take, bearing in mind the facts and the data. Oh, that's
2: so Doug, isn't it, Lexi? Yeah, then, evidence-based, rational. Then
1: I could take the leap of faith, which is what I did. I was 17, Easter Saturday in London, and I decided, okay, I will give this a go and see what happens. And then lots of things happened thereafter that kind of like confirmed for me that that was a, that was a reasonable thing. But it was like mm. night and day. So kind of like...
0: Yeah, the very co- like conversion story that's yeah. very traditional yeah. that you hear. Yeah. And so what do you look back on at that time? And, and what are the things that make you feel that that's was there anything that you believed then that you now see as misguided or as foolish even?
1: Um, Well, I kind of became a Christian within the context of what would be seen as a sort of a mild form of evangelical Christianity, which, you know, fundamentally uh, was really sort of had two things that that made it different. One of which was this idea that we had some sort of responsibility to actually go and tell everybody else about yeah. Jesus, and mm. that, that's something that the we should.
0: Evangelistic.
1: Yeah, something that we shouldn't keep to ourselves if it was really good news. And the second, which was uh, the idea that um, the Bible as a set of sacred writing was literally correct so that essentially it was almost timeless that in theory it it basically told you the answer
0: Hmm. interesting Hmm. and what about you mum
2: yeah i mean i i can't remember a time when god jesus was not very present in my life and real um, so in fact, my I think one of my challenges over the course of my life has actually been to almost, yeah, interesting, almost separate who I am from the construct of God in me um, and then to come back to that point again of reuniting. Um, what do you being mean by separate? Well... Uh, I think having, you know, it's like God. God was in me. Jesus was in my heart, in my life. Um, from when I think I was told, I told my parents mm. I was about four because that's what you did, mm. um, and gave me a very strong sense of self-esteem, of self-worth. And then when later in life, interestingly, as Doug said, had those very the same two foundational truths when I began questioning the bible in terms of is this a manual for it you know is there answers to everything like you know I was taught the answer to there is no evolution it's all fossils were planted and I had to learn the Laws of entropy and the answers, I can't even remember the answers that I had to give people when I was arguing to say, no, creation's true, not evolution, because I had to somehow make science fit with the Bible. That was the text. Mm. And I've slowly over the years come to that obvious realization, from my point of view, that um, the Bible is an evolving book over the course of time, as you see there being child sacrifice and angry god and war to actually a very different evolution of that throughout the bible the sacred text in the new testament which is basically love one another and it's like they're not contradictory and you don't have to explain them away with some tortuous discussion but i remember seeing when i used to drive down to lancaster once in pennsylvania a big poster on the wall which was from a Mennonite church and it said many books can transform but only the uh, can inform but only the bible can transform and that used to bug me because i was was coming to the point of no the bible doesn't transform anyone it's actually god you opening yourself up to god and surrender that's the transformation Mm. not this book the book is a guide and it's revelation of god but to be interpreted through the kind of literature it is whether it's poetry or history or just uh you know narrative or whatever um so yeah there's been so there's been for me lots of changes alongside that not least actually marrying somebody who kept it very quiet that he was somebody who believed in evolution because you were a geologist and you said to me you used to keep that really quiet (laughs) amongst christians
1: well, no, that's the secret. I I mean, when I became a Christian, you know, at 17, I used to argue, I used to basically argue uh, pretty much about everything. Um, <laughs> and I used to argue the whole creation versus evolution debate. And I used to argue, uh, you know, what's uh, Genesis? And I used to argue Old Testament you know books and and why why they come across as they do but i actually found that you know i was arguing with christians that seemed to me to be fairly narrow minded oh, and that's a
2: bit like me really <laughs> and
1: yeah people like you yeah <laughs> and 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 i and i gave up yeah so basically i just decided uh i will take some of the things that i really believe that are seriously important out of this and there are a whole load of stuff around the periphery that I don't yeah. buy into yeah. and like the whole you know kind of like creation in six days story etc um a whole range of other things I just thought it it you know it has some metaphysical meaning it has poetry meaning it has uh, maybe it answers the question why but it doesn't answer yeah. the question how and it seemed to me like it wasn't worth arguing with more fundamentalists sort or of christians mm. so i just never bothered mm.
2: and it was interesting too the whole we mentioned at the beginning about the we were missionaries and what we wanted to do was really to help people poor needy um people that we were in a very different place than what we were in our very affluent society and so we went um to Amsterdam then Bogota, Colombia then Liberia um but we were using our skills mm. and in fact we every every time we applied to different organizations they kept that were Christians to do this it was like no no you need to go to Bible college first and we were saying no we just want to use the skills you're a psychologist yeah. i just want to be a yeah, and dog yeah. and,
1: uh, and we got a couple of letters that just told us off told us off you yeah know, in terms like of how why why how what do you think you have, you to, offer? have to
2: offer you know <laughs> unless wow. you go to a bible college. unless you have the so, theology yeah, but why was yeah. it
0: important for you to go through a christian organization if you were passionate about using your skills
2: that was that for me that was my world Mm. Right so that's what you did things through and we were involved with a great church used to go to camps and whatever and this was a means that we'd heard of they, there was the element of travel there was the element of it did stuff that we were interested in being it was the opportunity addicts. in your world yeah, yeah. in the, in our yeah. world yeah yeah
1: I think for me it it's more that essentially when you want to actually give yourself to an organization, you want to find something whose values are as closely aligned to your values. Yeah. And at the time when we were, we'd just be, both of us just coming up 29, 30.
2: And you were, you were one.
1: And yeah. you were one. And we <laughs> took you with us to Amsterdam. Um, and at that point, you know, we were looking for a practical, caring Christian vehicle because that, best reflected the values Mm. that we held at that time
2: yeah Yeah. which were actually expanded by actually going and joining this particular organization because we were bumping into loads of different people with slightly different tweaks different backgrounds different cultures countries different ways of working out using their lives in a great way for other people because god had given them stuff Mm. and you know and wanted to work out god's love in the world
1: and after three yeah. months, we went to, street, uh, went to work with street kids in Colombia, yeah. in South America. And for me, that was kind of like an absolute another life, you know, massive life change because I made, I realized this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Mm. This is, this is mm. about justice. Yeah. It's about, you know, serving uh, poor, marginalized and vulnerable people. And this is finally, I kind of like felt i've found my vocation, my calling, my sense of purpose, mm. and I found it in that context
0: yeah yeah wow and so so um the question that I was um, asking at the beginning in terms of the evolution of your faith, um, so that's where you kind of started, um, so thinking about where you are now um what would you have kind of told that younger self of yours in terms of the faith that you were cultivating?
1: Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, What would I tell my younger self? Oh, my gosh. Um, get over it. Get over it. Don't <laughs> take yourself so seriously. And so I did a little diagram, and Doug's done a better one because he always does. But anyway, my diagram for different... <laughs> decades of my life the first one is just full of this is the way to do things this this is yeah this is the way that's what i wrote this is the way one and only This this interpretation black and white black and white absolutely black and white formulaic prescriptive you know your quiet time in the morning for 15 minutes mm, and you've got to tell people about jesus and all this stuff um but you know and then as time went on i've realized going through the 20s 30s 40s whatever They've got narrower, they've got less and less and less Hmm. in terms of those things. And what I realized is that when I put stuff in the last box, it was actually about this is more about being who I am, which does mean looking inside of who I am, which we've talked about on other podcasts, looking at the shadow, looking at the more yucky stuff about me and what comes up, um, which is very much in line with. You know, we have to surrender ourselves to Christ in my faith language, about becoming all that God's created me to be. I need to see what some of all is and unpack that. And it's also about doing. And I put that just down here saying it's about loving one another. Well, what's fascinating for me when I wrote that is that in the bathroom, there's a little, I don't know if you've noticed it, a little picture that's of two children trudging up a hill. And underneath it, it just says, Be kind to one another. And it's a verse from John or something, I think. Mm -hmm. And on the back, it says to Anne, um, from Mr. Tryon, and Mr. Tryon was a Sunday school speaker at some kind of camp, and it says, I was nine years old. Mm. And that's what it said, be kind to one another. And what I wrote here was, love one another. Mm. So the essence then, but it got almost like killed by all this other pressure what I can do what I can't do because I'm a woman or whatever mm. um and now I actually think it's that's all it is but it is so much more hard than I used to I thought oh that was a sop I used to think when I was younger just being kind and loving oh anybody can do that mm. no I've to got to really be loving. memorize verses I've got yeah. to be doing and that makes me loving X many times yeah. a week rather than watching what I'm thinking in my kind of almost horrible thoughts towards people, or not going the extra mile, being too interested in what I want to do. Hmm. So actually I feel like it's that T.S. Eliot poem, you go back to the beginning and know it for the first time, and it's much more simple. I don't need to worry about all the other stuff. It's so simple, but it's so So hard. hard. (laughs) Totally. And that's what wisdom is usually, isn't it? It's very simple. And I have to keep going back to that. Therefore, it's not about whether I'm a male female, gay, straight, or whatever. It's about just being a human being that God has made, God loves, and wants me to pass that on to others, Mm. which is very tricky, very hard. But that's what the message, yeah. And what about you, Dad?
1: I mean, there's echoes of of that for me, but there were two specific things that I realised about myself in my 20s. One of which is that um, a friend of ours said to me once, "You're very arrogant," <laughs> and uh, and I think I probably was. Um, so I had this idea that you know I was special and I had this special destiny, which was um,
0: that sounds part of the conversion that you had as well. Like you were saved by grace, and therefore you're new
2: and
1: special. yeah, but it, I almost. I almost sort of had that sort of sense even even before that. Mm. It was something in me that had this... I think I wanted to be special, mm. right? I was going to
2: say, as the psychologist I, out of your I childhood I desperately stuff.
1: wanted to be special mm. and I wanted to have a special purpose in life mm. and this destiny that was awaiting me that felt like it was one thing and I had to find it, which is actually... Basically, characterised the whole of my twenties was asked, trying to ask the question: What is what is what should, is, I, yeah, what should what is, I be doing? Yeah. What is my and destiny? and there was a song we
2: used to sing: "I have a destiny" or something. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so
1: I had this thing, and 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 with it, you know, connected up eventually in my thirties to. I can change the world. I mean you and I had this classic <laughs> Oh one arguments. of me and Dad's biggest
0: Awful. arguments yeah. was us yelling at each other. He he said I can change the world and I don't know why, but it hit me, it triggered me for some reason, and I said, No, no you, you can't. can't. I think it was probably I felt that was arrogant to say, and I and I also, yeah, maybe just I and don't you were know fifteen teenager. Yeah, like teenager 16. and I was like, no, you can't. You need to get real. You're not gonna change the whole world and you said I'm going to change the whole world and, and so I said good. no you're not and then he said I'm I am I'm God is that how it ended yeah. <laughs> it I think you out yelled out mind. I'm <laughs> God All right. oh no I said I provoked you I said you're not God you can't change the world and then your final thing was I am God <laughs> yeah.
1: and the, the argument started with me trying to tell you that you could change the world because that's yeah. actually how it started
0: that sounds about right yeah
1: and then, but, but it was very indicative of, in my 30s, you know, having sort of found my life vocation, my arrogance went into, I can change the world and we can fix injustice, which, I mean, was really important in my 20s and 30s to have that kind of like passion, uh, because otherwise I don't think you'd start something so foolish mm. <laughs> and think that you could actually change right. so much. But those two things are things that have really changed in my forties, fifties, and sixties. So, you know, in my forties, I think I I I was much, I I had much more humility, and I was kind of like, no, I'm not unique. Uh, what
0: what changed in you for that? I think realization?
1: you just you just mellow, and, and you like, had so many yeah. so many fights, you know, that you have to get through that kind of like mellows you off and just in
2: life or. But yeah, I think between us, yeah, you know, it's just, iron sharpens iron, but also I'm thinking life. of times that we also lived in community or had good friends that just like Phil, that first person yeah. that told you that people actually, thank you, Phil, <laughs> people actually, you know, told you things and you have to deal with them. Yeah. Well, actually you have a choice.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know. So, so by the fo- time I was like 40, I was saying, I'm in a unique position and I need to use it to the best of my ability, not that I am special or unique.
2: Yeah, mm. twist. And,
1: and that was like a little bit more grounded.
0: Humbling, yeah.
1: Um, and I'll put all my energy time into changing the world. I can. Um, but it was like, I, I think also as you go on in life, you start to realise, I have limits. I just have limits. Mm. I have limits in terms of what I'm going to achieve and how I'm going to achieve it. And to start off with, life seems limitless and kind of like this empty canvas I'm going to paint on. Mm. And then you realise, oh, damn, half the <laughs> canvas has already been painted on. It's <laughs> running out. Yeah. You know, uh, the other
2: thing, Doug, too, is that your, what you perceived as your you know, your weaknesses, your things that you had to work on, the fact you felt you could do anything and you could change the world, actually, you know, God uses our strengths and our weaknesses in every aspect. And you did do a lot of changes. Yeah. Things that actually will probably will never be attributed to you. Things like, you know, you started Micah Network, which is now a, an amazing network across the world of um, organisations that are doing community good. And then End Fund that you triggered off and other stuff. Yeah, but You've, you've yes. been yeah, able, yeah, yeah. I
0: think... Yeah, and and I'm interested to tie back in the word because in um in the concepts of faith, because everything I'm hearing from both of you sounds very just self development right now, but I know Ooh, your faith. Good question. And Comment. I know I know how that has been intertwined, but it also sounds to me the ability to submit to a God that you believe is, you you yeah the transition from feeling like. I am special because I am God's child to I am one of God's children that can work as his is, yeah, vehicle for good yeah. in the world. And, I'm, and I, have a, I have giftings that aren't my own. It's kind of, you, you submitted some of the strengths that you had maybe. Or, or yeah, what's the role of spirituality in what you're talking about?
1: So one of which is part of that the answer is uh, is part of the motivation for doing it so you know my belief that you know in christianity is is leading me into saying this is something that is worthwhile doing so that, that fundamental bit but then also um in addition to that it's it's that you know god guides me in the i believe that on a daily basis Um, God guides me and helps me to uh, figure ways through and what should I actually engage in and get involved in. But, I mean, as I was trying to think about this sort of like 20s, 40s and 60s sort of three categories, what was fascinating was that... um, was uh, my reliance in my 20s and 30s was on the trinity member of God the Father because it was all about finding security it was all about mm. me and am I unique and am I special and you know and and, and finding
0: my, identity in identity that well. yeah.
1: and security and a sense of um, being cared for and being loved and then being sort of urged into the world so mm. that very much was the was the wraparound of everything that we've been talking about coming out of my faith and then and then the sort of the 40s and, and 30s and 40s were really um all about like the holy spirit in terms of believing that the second person you know that third person of the trinity the holy spirit is kind of like with you and is guiding you and 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 such like and now very much it's more much more about thinking about Jesus in terms of well what did he do what did he say and his role model as we have it in the gospels um and saying okay so that means that i've got to be kind and i've got to uh be generous and i i need to i need to love and care for people and and, you know, and Jesus didn't do very much. He he didn't stray from too much from home and he kind of like...
0: He didn't give any... He asked more questions than answers. Yeah,
1: I they. mean, it, it's really interesting. You just start yeah. saying, well, this is a life, you know, if I wanted to copy it, what would that mean in, you know, 21st century Florida? Mm. Um, and that's what I've been trying to sort of think about. And now my life is getting smaller again, you know, geographically.
2: Definitely with not being able to fly. Well, and in self-isolation, <laughs> yeah. very, very, yeah, very small.
1: small. Um So you, you're you really sort of looking at the sort of be loving, be kind, the things that Anna was talking about.
0: Mm. So it's, yeah, it's a bit full circle. It's gone back to the kind of basic sentiments and as you said, the essences yeah. of the faith. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, kind of all the rule-based um, or bigger theology boxes become, it sounds like, have become less relevant to you, your daily faith.
1: Yeah, and I was never very into rules in the first place. I used to, <laughs> like, used to like breaking them more than keeping them. But I've always thought that, you know, it's a real faith that has to adapt to real life, has to be principle-based and values-based. Mm. And then you've got to figure out the rest from there.
2: Yeah. And realising, I think, both of us about theology. There are so many different theologies. I remember once being given a book we both were called, which is a systematic theology, which was a book about this is what you think about the Holy Spirit, about life, about death, about babies, about raising children. It's like, how can there be one way of looking at everything for everyone? And it's realising now, even with the women's stuff, reading a great book called uh, The Forgotten Creed about there's a different theology mm. here. And it depends who actually you listen to, who you read, read about, um, and trying to balance that all. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to go back to your question about is this just a self-help thing and feeling yeah. good or spirituality? For me, all the way through, right from the beginning, I think the framework of, a creator god and came lived on earth in his view of in the form of his son and gave his spirit to inside us to lead us direct us is gives my life meaning and purpose and some kind of framework and when i make that and as over the years i've incorporated that and been able to verbalize it to make it even bigger It's like, well, everything belongs in this world. Um, And God is in everything. He's in, you know, the earth, the animals, whatever. And that's very much at odds to my growing up, where I learnt, well, don't go into a pub because can you take Jesus into a pub? No. So you only go places where Jesus will be able to go. Whereas now, God goes everywhere. Because he is in everywhere and he's in everything, much more Franciscan theology. And mm. it makes sense of the world for me mm. um, and gives it meaning and purpose. Even if right now our meaning and purpose, as we were listening to a sermon on Sunday by uh, Ronnie that, you know, Ecclesiastes 3, if the meaning is just to say, OK, we're going to eat, we're going to drink and we're going to be grateful to God and be thankful for where we are and what we have. That mm-hmm. God gives me purpose and meaning.
1: But the, but the flip side of, of all of that, it, you know, that turns around and says, is, it, is your faith basically just another form of sort of self-help? Mm-hmm. Um, is that we also experience the miraculous. And to me, if I hadn't experienced <laughs> the miraculous, the supernatural, the not-to-be-explained... Um, easily, at least, um, aspects of life with God. Mm-hmm. Then, I think I would just say, "Well, this is just this a is just man-made, man-made yeah. philosophy." Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's just my How personal. How have you values.
0: experienced the miraculous
2: or spiritual, spiritual? Well, one amazing was one about you, um, which was we were in Amsterdam in uh, with this organization. And when you were born, you ended up having, well you had clicky hips, so your hips were kind of loose and out of joint. We were told that when you were about a year, you'd need a a surgery to correct that. Uh, We went off to Amsterdam knowing we'd see a consultant, which we did, who said, yes, here's the x-ray. She needs surgery for her hips. Um, So we went back to the base, we were working with a team and told them what was going to happen. And they said, well, we've just found some really good flights to Colombia, which was the second phase of our program to go and work with street kids. And we've got to book the tickets today. They're non-refundable, brilliant price. And we didn't have much money. We gave up everything and got support by friends to go abroad and to do this. And so we, people gathered round, they placed their hands on your legs and just said, you know, Father, we just pray that you would heal Lexi. Ba-boom, we went and bought the tickets. Went back the following week, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what are we, we going to do? You've got surgery, and we booked tickets and have no more money." And the guy put the X-ray up, twiddled your little legs, and said, "Well, she's fine. I'm not quite sure what's happened, and the X-ray's clear." Hmm. And it was like, "My goodness." Yeah, you know, mm. and now you you you've been da- a dancer and everything, you know. I mean, I dance in the clubs and in my bedroom, but well, I'm not go, a dancer. But you've got no problems. <laughs> but I do dance, indeed. <laughs> and that was just one, you know, example. The other was when we, uh, when the washing machine story. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, you could say that's just coincidence. So, you know, in that context, someone gave us, you know, well. Someone gave us a, a gift, and then we got exactly the right amount of money, and we'd when been we one, it. when we needed it, and all that type of stuff. So, we've had many, many examples like that. But I mean, I remember the way you
0: attribute it, to
1: yeah, it is yeah. different. But I remember that probably one of the nearest that I can't explain would be when you were struggling with your back and you could hardly move, and you really were kind of like very, very bad. And we went to this kind of like service and someone put their hands on you and prayed for you. And we, at the end of that evening, you were doing cart, cartwheels in, <laughs> in, in Birmingham City car oh, park. Wow. Um, and, you know, I really just, I mean, you can start to say, well, it's Did psychosomatic, blah, I, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But, but it, it, it defied all normal logic as far mm-hmm. as I was concerned. And yeah. so that brought... A faith element that is totally mixed up in the vocation, the calling, the doing, the being. There
2: was something supernatural.
1: It it yeah. was more than self help. Mm, yeah. It
2: felt something more outside It felt more us. than out
1: yeah, outside yeah, us. Outside of us.
0: Huh. So when so I mean I have had a roller coaster of a faith and ups and downs and all of that stuff but I think I'm in a similar place and have been very grateful for you guys to be guiding me on faith in more kind of um contemplative practices and practices that have helped me um what what about doubt and faith and when when have been times that you've Have you had, since being a Christian, had times of questioning everything or um, feeling a sense of doubt or... And what's helped you through that? Where do you turn to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay.
1: (laughs) On a regular (laughs) basis. On a regular basis.
2: And I think that's what, I guess, faith is. It's like, well, actually, I've got far more questions now than I ever had. Mm. And probably wonder more now is, is it all in my head? But on the other hand... And it's like this flip, isn't it? Flip-flop. Um, more certain than ever that this kind of makes sense. But I do have far more questions. Mm. Um, and I think that's okay. I mean, you made the point Jesus asked more questions than gave answers. But I think I grew mm. up thinking it was the opposite. Um, Doug regularly says, I don't
1: know what it's all about.
2: So what, yeah, what keeps you holding
0: on when, with the regular doubts and...
1: Well, I mean, they're they're good they good questions. I mean, you don't throw away your brain just because you decide that you're going to follow a faith. Um, I think I
2: learnt, I did. <laughs> Maybe well, that's yeah. Where it went. I mean, I don't.
1: Mm. I think that's I think that's a foolish thing to do. Let's put it mm. that way. Um, and therefore, you know, I there's tons of times I don't feel like anything, or I, you know, you feel like God is absent, or you feel like I'm not sure I believe any of this stuff. You know. Um, and then, kind of like, it's like, all right, okay, I've got to get on with life. And then basically, something happens, or you read something, and I get a little re inspired. And it's like, all right, okay, I'll, you know, keep going yeah. down this and route. For some
2: people, I mean, I think, and I've had periods, that I can think of a period of two years when it was like that. And I think of, you know, the dark night of the soul, um, uh, St. John of the cross. And it, it's a time that, you just keep going and it's dark doesn't mean to say just because you have faith that everything's going to be fine and perfect and bad things happen to good people because life is life death is death um
1: so there's 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 a there's an element that as I feel like in our faith journey, as we've gone through, we've, we're accepting the fact that we kind of like know less and less, yeah. that there's less and less I say I don't know a lot more about faith
2: than that, I believe. That there's a
1: whole load of things that are grey, that used to be black oh. and white. That, that, you know, hopefully, um, we've lost, some of the pride and the arrogance that went along with yeah. thinking that we got...
0: Self-righteousness to hold on to.
1: Yeah, but just yeah. just the sort of, you know, I think I have the answer for yeah, you. and I'm going to tell know. everybody
2: this is the answer, yeah. and it's going to be and Jesus, now, even mm. if it's...
1: And <laughs> the now, squirrel
2: is in the garden, it's yeah, not.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird.
2: So yeah, no, know, but but there's a, there's weird a back example. story yeah. to that, but yeah. But,
1: so <laughs> yeah. it's like knowing less and less, but actually being... Uh, more and more at peace with knowing less and less yeah. mm. I think that sort of describes the the process and a feeling of um, sur- i mean and that goes back into self help because we you, you talked on the podcast about surrender, and mm. surrender is very much part of all this it 's actually surrendering up um, a whole to load a of my doubts power, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah to and surrendering the fact that i don't know mm. you know the answers are x y and z and 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 once you let it go, it's like, but was it actually all that important? Mm. The... And
2: to come back to something you said earlier, Doug, about believing that, you know, you were God. Um, I don't, ironically, I actually would like to say that <laughs> yelled this was
1: in, in, the, in the midst of a very <laughs> heated but, debate.
2: You know, I want to say that actually what we're realising more and more is that it is God is in us. And there is that um, Christ in us, that divinity part.
0: And... And some could call yeah. that a conscience, some could call that an intuition, some could call that of a,
1: a being a human f- being f-
0: a yeah <laughs> feeling that they have or something guiding them but yeah. mm-hmm. it's all it's all translatable words it's semantics yeah what word but what again is? you attribute that to is for me the big difference but so my last question is you know for people, either some of my friends that are um Christian some of my friends of other faith, or some of my friends that um, are are not following a faith um, what what's made it easier and harder in what ways has your faith made your life easier or harder I think and or harder I think
1: both of us are people that just naturally need mm-hmm. a lot of meaning and purpose, mm. and the Christian faith has that in spades it offers you a meaning purpose um opportunity to uh follow something that feels worthwhile and do something good for people that feels worthwhile at the same Mm -hmm. time and so that's actually been really really helpful and pointed me in a good way i think um what what it hasn't made easy has been that there's there are so many divergent voices yeah that you know and I don't really mind whether we're talking about within Christianity or within religion or within faiths or within self-help there are just so many yeah. and you've got to constantly work through well what do I really think about that and yeah. and do I go down that route or what, do I not?
0: What author or what podcast or what yeah. church do I turn to? Yeah. Or...
1: And, 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 you know, even does it really matter at the end of the day? You know, I, I often, I used to think I had this sort of massive sort of destiny about being something specific. And then I, in my 40s, I concluded that it really didn't matter whether I was going to become a refuse collector or anything else, that the fundamental issue was that, the, my relationship with God and that God loved me anyway, and that uh, I'd I find something useful to do, um, and those two things are so different.
2: Mm.
0: Mm.
2: What are you, about you, Mum? I, I kind of my first word that I want to say is church. It's been both... go on, say it. Church. There you go. Is <laughs> <Ooh, that's scary. laughs> that church has been both a wonderful thing and a really painful thing, um, and you know I've generally been in that track for all my life. And, you know, I've, there's been some amazing church communities that I've been part of, but others have been really painful.
1: Mm. Um,
2: saying, you know, be it about my, I think I mentioned another one about being a psychologist, that was tricky in one, and being a woman, but actually in the same way that, you know, being told by somebody in a church, well, actually, you know, the, 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 the staff don't want you and the women don't want you. And it's like, wow. The very thing mm, that
0: The rejection of
2: your own Yeah, by community. my people. And so that is something I have had to really struggle with and work through and not... And actually separate church from God. Maybe that comes back to what I was trying to say right at the beginning that I didn't say very well. It's all been tangled up. Mm. So I've had to separate church from... Church is not God. I the mean, Bible is not God. Mm. You know, God is God. Wow. Um you know, and creation is his. And so I think that's been both a painful thing and a wonderful thing. The communities that I have been part of that have been so rich, people I'm still connected to, that, you know, we've grown together, laughed together, whatever, cried together. So, yeah, I think ironically, but that's been the often the way that I've lived out my mm-hmm. life through that platform. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's interesting. Because yeah, often you hear, you know, faith is a crutch for people. And I remember challenging you on that, Dad, like when I was younger, being like, you know, why do I want this religion? I I could be strong by myself. Why do I need a crutch <laughs> to get through life? But it is a crutch in the best way because that's it supports me and it and it gives me meaning and all the things that you're saying. But I think when it's when i'm tapping into faith and um god for the reasons of that are that are more pure <laughs> and not of my own kind of intentions only um i think that's when the like die to yourself bit of yeah. of christianity makes it different to self-help for me because it's not about becoming more awesome as a person, but actually giving your life away for others and and in the process you'll gain it back. And, like, and that's not the reason you do it, but that's the joy of the faith. Um, Maybe you get it back in a very different way than you thought. <laughs> than you ever want. That's been or, my journey. Yeah, I've, all yeah. the things that have come back into my life that I can only explain as god and creator and i had nothing to do with and no control over are never things i would have picked for myself and yet have been better for me and those around me than i ever could have imagined um yeah are there any last words on faith or your journey or anything you would anything you would tell younger people of faith that you would want them to jump in Jump
1: in, go for it.
2: And Yeah.
1: Be passionate. Care, love
2: And I would say other people Yeah, remember that it's a journey and find other people along the way to help you, Mm. be it books or people.
1: She's back into community.
2: Mm. Yeah, and you can tell the intro But you know, it it is a journey and it's up and down and there Mm. isn't we actually, you know, we tend to think there's a destination we're gonna get there we actually don't we keep going we keep going and and that's the worst
0: for yeah. uh, for my yeah. millennial Sorry. generation <laughs> that it's a, that there's no destination this is all it but it's true and i think that's what makes community i do believe in like a faith community but that's what makes one if you find one that's honest and not a place about let's gather because we're all Good, and we're all yeah. saintly, shiny, shiny people. But we're all people trying to be honest and like, let's be honest
2: together and, and trying to make the way. And there's a great song and a book, um, Brian McLaren um, and David Wilcox, the song We Make the Way by Walking. And I think we do. Mm. Amazing. All right. Well, wow.
0: thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks Thank for sharing Thank you. all the thoughts. Great questions.